One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. to recall the midwife uh, this week we are on series two episode six uh, i'm alex i'm becky i'm jen uh first a quick disclaimer a reminder that this week's episode specifically deals with death end of life and um dying so if any of those topics are ones you'd prefer to skip this time we understand and hope you join us for the next one uh, quick synopsis. In this week's episode, we meet Miss Masterson, a pregnant typist who is concealing her bump in order to keep her job. When a letter from home arrives, she is called back to her family's pub and visits her father, who is very ill. A visit from Dr. Turner confirms he is dying and doesn't have long to live. Miss Masterson and her father are at odds, and their strained relationship following a prolonged estrangement is now evolving as daughter begins caring for father. When father learns he is going to soon have a grandchild they reconcile and he asks her to have her baby at home over the pub and stay there and run the business after he is gone she accepts and just as he takes a turn for the worst her labor begins jenny and sister julianne watch over father and daughter and baby is born and given to mr masterson in the last moments of his life there is another major happening in poplar this week an outbreak of tuberculosis and a push by dr turner and sister bernadette to get a mobile x-ray machine to come to Poplar to test, for the, to test for the disease. This effort continues to galvanize the growing feelings between them. The van arrives on clinic day and Sister Evangeline run, Evangelina runs herself ragged, managing the high turnout of residents to be tested. Sister Bernadette offers to get x-rayed in order to encourage a fearful child. And later on, Dr. Turner is informed of her results. He examines her to confirm that she has tuberculosis and she leaves to convalesce at a home using a new method for treatment. So that's what happened. 
Oh my god, this episode! Good use of galvanize there, Jen. I was like, how do I say that their feelings and moments and energy has been getting more and more and more? I loved so. it. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. I don't use galvanize it up. I'm going to try. <laughs> Um, first, I think we should talk about TV because I really like, I think the writers are amazing. Like, if you were a writer listening to this, like, you won't be, but you are so good. Like, yeah. the fact that they, they, this is another one where it's like duality, where it's the modern TV storyline where, you know, they're talking about treatment and they're trying to get it stopped and all that, but also about the family where all the children died of TB. Like, mm. I just think that's amazing. They had the show in, like, the effects years later and how different mm. it is now. Yeah, I just thought that was so clever. Mm, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. TB has made a resurgence, hasn't it? There's traces of it been found in London. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure, have... they're in... I'm sure they're immunising for it again. Oh, no. Well, wait, isn't uh, it standard as an immunisation anyway, like when you're a little kid? Uh... I, d- I think it's... Well, I think because it's kind of died out, it's one of those illnesses that we now just... There was just that level of immunity. I'm going to check this. I'm going to Google it in a minute. Just I, don't think, I don't think we've been... We, you get meningitis and all that. MMR, mumps, me, measles, rubella. We got yeah. all that uh, when we're in England, in the UK, but I don't know about TB. Oh, see, I think I think we get TB here in the US as part of our, like, normal, like, um, immunization cycle. But I just wonder if maybe, like, if you had it as a kid, but then it gets re, you know, like if there's an outbreak now, if you're an adult, maybe you just maybe you need like a booster or something like that to avoid getting sick. But, anyways, I mean, well, just everyone, every, every, day, oh man, everyone, just get all the immunizations you possibly can. I I know that's a touchy subject these days, but just I'm I'm very pro modern medical science and just preventative medicine. So, anyways, well, I do have a TB story. It's like my <gasps> syphilis story. <laughs> Becky's not obsessed with syphilis. She also does not have syphilis. She did tell a story about syphilis. Someone she knew had it. Anyway, carry the floor back. So my dad's uncle had TB when he was a child. Um, So he had to go to live at his grandmother's house and he lived in the chicken shed. Because... (laughs) Yeah, he slept in the chicken shed because the ventilation for his lungs was good. Yeah, apparently. I don't think chicken clues good for your lungs. Well, he lived there. I don't know how long. Apparently, he went to live in the chicken shed in the orchard. It sounds very... But chickens were not hopefully living there at the same time that he was convalescing. Yeah, but Jen, right? They had an orchard. Like, (laughs) a chicken shed in an orchard. They're going to be posh. Is this the kind of thing where like well like what you know like how Marie Antoinette re- referred to like how she had a cottage but it was really like an absolutely stunning palace and it was like just off a little bit to the side from Versailles and it wasn't like 70,000 square feet but it was yes. like 20,000 that's I feel is that what we're trying to get here back saying it wasn't like that they weren't <laughs> posh, but they had an orchard like my family didn't even have a garden so <laughs> Well, but no, they lived in rural Cumbria, though, so it, I can show you it wasn't posh. But so he lived in the chicken shed. The chicken shed actually got apparently got washed away in a flood in the 1950s. Um, but yeah, he so he always had like he was always affected by the tuberculosis. But for a, for a time, he lived in a chicken shed. Oh, shed, we can call it. Wow. Yeah. Well, but he got better, you said. Yeah, he I mean, he got better. But it, and my dad did say that, like, it was always in the background throughout his life. Mm, mm. Well, also, I just have to think as a life experience as a child, like, 
spending months, yeah, alone in a chicken Chick- coop. I mean, <laughs> he wasn't alone, Jen. He had the chickens. <laughs> Many of the chickens get TV. Yes, well-known, amazing like support systems for small children. Yes, really. I'm surprised good. you didn't go down with bird flu. <laughs> Maybe he started it. Maybe the whole thing now they need to look at your uncle or your great uncle. Oh, oh this God. episode though, you know, Jen. Normally, you're like, oh my God, it had me in tears, and I'm a bit yes. like, oh, right. Um, but this <laughs> one had me in tears. I'm like, it did. Miss Masterson and her dad. Oh. I cried so hard at that scene. So should we talk oh, about Miss Julia Masterson first? Oh, is her name Jillian? I I could Julia. Julia. Oh, I wasn't sure if Julia was the baby that that he lost. That was the young. I I no, that, was no, that was Elizabeth. Oh Jesus! Well, okay. Anyways, uh, just well, I Jesus. I have to be. I just can only it- ever be myself. So okay. For our listeners, Jen is learning about the episode along with us today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wrote the synopsis and I watched it yesterday, but apparently there was a lot I did not get. Okay, but so okay. basically, Julia Masterson, it's okay. working a, uh, a typing pool. How depressing was that typing pool? Don't I could started. not wear the silence like that. I Ugh. I definitely could not. Like, oh, and then being told off for going to the toilet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and obviously when she went she... to the toilet loads <laughs> <laughs> I don't think four times a day was that excessive to be perfectly honest with you like I know she was just going to like like air out her bump basically because she had it like restricted I went, like four times an hour when I was eight months nine months pregnant like oh been... my god oh. but she wasn't even going she was just going to undo the girdle yeah well yeah. She, that's what I thought she was like looking at a letter as well wasn't she that was from a from a dad yeah oh, from, from but, the no, that, that was that was from Terry, who ran Terry, the Terry, not Andrew. Also, know. Terry. We have to talk about Terry, you guys. Oh. Well, before, before we move on to Terry, I have to say, when she goes into that toilet and undoes her yes. girdle, that yes. is how I feel in jeans every day. <laughs> so relatable. So relatable. I only wear Our- jeggings now. <laughs> Well, I just really like one of the best things we got from that time was hard pants versus soft pants, because literally like there is no other category in my closet. It's like literally I either have soft pants or I have hard pants. And if I have hard pants that I have to wear in a day, oh, gosh, I really have to steal myself to put them on every morning. I vented all my zipped jeans. Now I'm just I'm just a jegging it all the way. You're, yeah you're just in like expandable clothing yeah. not a bad way to live honestly no but um also just this very fast 60 seconds to go to the bathroom no 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 like that was that was cruel and unusual punishment on the part of that lady okay but anyways but yeah just it didn't seem like a very nice you know cultivating you know nice work environment did it no no um, not at all. so anyway she gets this letter from terry i don't know why i called him andrew apologies um, and Terry's like the how the, dare you, the Alex? Well, he's the, yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> um, but no, Terry's the landlord of the pub or the manager. And yeah, then, I think he's like a manager. Yeah, yeah. And um, to be fair, his attitude with uh, so so obviously she then goes to see her dad who's dying, and that's what we find out. Mm-hmm. But the, Terry's like, oh, major manager. I was like, excuse me, show some decorum and manners, please. Well, but he didn't, he probably, I saw him as like evolving emotionally as the dad was because probably Terry has been talking to the dad and he just got the dad's side of the story. You know yeah, what I mean? They, like I, I saw that Terry is like being loyal to the father. And then once he saw the evolution, he was more. He took it too far. He, 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 took, <laughs> <laughs> he took liberty. The like... hired help need to defer to upper management. 
he doesn't, he's going to sleep in the chicken shed. <laughs> I think Kerry did a good thing here. I mean, he could have had eyes. Mr. Masterson is dying, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, he could have had eyes on that pub, but he got back in touch with Julia. Yeah, but to be fair, I presume at the request of Mr. Masterson. Oh, that's a debatable point, actually. I don't know that it would have been from him. Because when she walked in, he was like, what are you doing here? You can leave. And she was like, well, wait a minute, I, uh, you know. I thought it was a bit short-sighted of him because I thought, you know, he could have just ignored her and not sent it. But obviously, it would go to her because she's next to kin. So the pub would go to her. So I think he should have been like, oh, hello, Miss Masterson. I am the best landlord this pub has ever seen. How lovely (laughs) to see you. So I, I wonder if Ter- I wonder if Terry and Miss Masterson end up together. Yes, they completely do. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. You know the end. Literally. Well, listen. You know the end where 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 it's the voiceover and you see um a Julia in the black outfit but holding the baby and it's like her father's passed away but yeah. you know she says something like oh he wrote he wrote in the will even when they were estranged that he wanted her to have the pub this was like her you know it was like a, you know he was giving it to her because he still loved her even when he was mad at her at his worst moment he still loved her and he willed her that pub and all of you know things went with it and then she like signs something and puts it in an envelope or whatever she walks over with the baby in arm and terry with the sleeves rolled all the way up so you can see those gorgeous biceps is standing right there with a big grin on his face and i just thought here we go this is the beginning of a Hallmark Christmas movie that I am primed and ready to watch. And I am so ready <laughs> for Terry and those beautiful arms and that gorgeous baby and that lovely lady who is grieving her father, but is going to learn to love again, to fall right in love and have a business together. I just was like, this is, oh my gosh, give me well, an episode you know, with those two. Julia Masterson and her dad. So there's this amazing, like they're actually really horrible to each other for a while. Like you're like, oof. Oh, painful. I can walk out the house and never come back. Mm-hmm, um, but the, mm-hmm. the bit that made me absolutely cry, and I'm presuming this is the bit that made you cry back. Like, Jen, you just you just have to have the credits on and you're I'm just sobbing from the moment go. Yeah. <laughs> but the one that made me cry was like, I'm sorry for not for being the one who didn't die. What consolation could I possibly be? And I was like, oh, oh God. Oh, God. It made me cry. Well, there was two things. There was the drawer of children's shoes, because basically oh, we had children that had died of tuberculosis. Oh. So the drawer, and also for her, as hormonal as she would have been, to go back to like what was her childhood bedroom, yeah, and just oh, all those memories. So many other kids as well. Oh. Um, but then the other bit that really got me, and I might cry now talking about it, um, the bit where she gives birth and they bring the baby to Mister Masterson, and he and he oh. says that he, he's leaving, and that they're just kind of passing each other. I was like. Oh, ooh, kill ooh. me with that. Oh, you know, God. me as well. Not about that. I didn't cry about this bit. But, like, she was giving birth in this pub. And they're saying, like, when it gets really busy, the pub, it gets, like, a furnace upstairs. She's upstairs giving birth in basically furnace heat, like, in a kiln. Oh, poor girl. And she was really, like, hurry up, hurry up, get it to the baby. Get into him quick, quick. Like, didn't she was really quiet about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you know the line that actually really got me that he said, and it was in that conversation where you know she's saying like i'm so sorry that i'm the one that lived because clearly everybody else you know i was just such a disappointment and everything but he you know he was so sweet to her and so loving but he said he's like he's like i have a broken heart and i and again to your point about the writers like this is where i would want to tell the writers i love that line because he literally had a broken heart but he also figuratively had a broken heart and just the seamlessness of being able to say so many things at once is just it Oh, I just oh, it's it, it, it fantastic. Just tore me to kiss, kiss once again. Oh, 
it's the writing. beautiful writing. This it's is why we love it so much. It is so beautifully written. And as I've said, I've read the book and it is awful. So how they've made it so gorgeous and so beautiful out of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. and, and and I'll just say this. I haven't finished the book, but I've gotten a good way through it now. Um, I've, I've read a lot. And to your point, Al, like I thought the show really took you to the to the <laughs> like toughest places on earth. But holy majoli is this book. I mean, you your your ears will fall off reading it and your eyes will just bug out of your head. I had to it. fast forward quite a lot of graphic bits. Oh, my just... goodness. We're going to talk about the books in detail. So don't don't you worry, listeners. But like, holy me, Jolies. But right. Speaking of bleak, let's go well, to the storyline. Oh, go on. Sorry. Sorry, there's one thing I just have to. So when Miss Masterson comes into, I don't know why I'm calling her Miss Masterson, like I'm working in the typing pool. Um, <laughs> when she comes into it, she thinks she's eight months pregnant. And then when Jenny Lee's um, examining it, she's like, oh no, I think you're much, much further along. So she thinks she conceived on Christmas Eve. And uh-huh. then she's like, oh no, we went, we went to like a fireworks display on bonfire night. That's seven weeks apart. Right? I also thought that, and but I will say this as well that I thought was amazing. The scene I just forgot I wanted to mention this: the scene when she went and handed everything <laughs> with a bump all proud. Oh, yeah, when she and quit her job. Her. Yeah, and oh. she's like, I've got no shame. I've got my place in the world. I'm not ashamed. I'm happy with who I am. My dad's accepted me. This is it. This is who I am. F you with your one minute toilet breaks. Just the uh, just the most amazing. Like what a wonderful moment of like vindication. Just walk in there and be like, I resigned. Boop and like out of here. And like the bump is two feet out front of her before she walks in the door. Oh my god. Next, the other girls reminded me of you because they were like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> you'd have been loving that. I'd have been like, I told you she was pregnant. <laughs> stay at the office like such intrigue oh man so someone at my work recently um announced that she was pregnant and mm. everybody was everybody else was like oh well I because uh, everybody had been suspecting and oh. everyone was like oh well I didn't like to say anything and then I literally came and was like I t- I've been talking about this <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now on to the next one um I've written bleak room right and I, I know it's about um sister Monica Jonah and sister Bernadette I know they're nuns and not allowed possession they forego everything but oh my goodness that room was bleak 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 it's just like the like have you seen Sister Act? You know when uh, oh when the cell? yeah her room yeah. was so bad and they, they were awful so bad yeah. um but it basically the first scene really about the Sister Monica Jones storyline is is that she's she comes out without a habit and everything oh and I, Fred was so kind to her just being like. You guys think- don't don't even get me started on Sister Monica Joan. I can't with her behavior again. Yeah, but well, after this episode, it. yeah, she does go downhill. Yeah, but when I finished- like she can't she can't help it, can she? Like the fact that she thought she was wearing it, she's not she's not compromisers. No, 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 not not well, the no, nightgown part, not the nightgown yeah. part. The part the nightgown thing I could have sympathy for, but it was everything she did after that was just. Yeah, but that's my point. Like you can't take one without the other. Like she's obviously not right. So it's not it's not a, a, someone saying or or all there who's doing the lock in the chair. You know what I mean? She's not she's not she's not there. Like she's not she can't expect her to like give her the same standards as me because I'm so amazing. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like she's 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 got issues. Like you can't take it out on her. Like she's obviously going to have these bits where she plays up like this. 
I, I mean, I have to say, like, as people get older, I do think they regress back to childhood. So I think that is partly what she's doing. She's like a naughty child. I'll, I'll give you this. I, I think that point is very well made because I literally thought to myself, I'm like, this is not an, this is not uh, like, th this is a person who's basically a, a big baby is what like we're dealing with at this point. Like she's, she's very, very childlike. She's very immature at times. And I honestly, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this because it's like, how seriously do I need to take this? But I really had to stop as I was watching the show because it was, I was finding it so frustrating, especially because Fred has a big fear of heights and he had to climb this ladder up like two stories to get to, and then like fell into that window and everything. Oh, well, I just, let's talk about Fred really quick. So he was so lovely and caring with her when she wasn't wearing a wimple and everything. Yeah. And he was, she was like, keep it secret. And he was like, I will, I will. And it, I think that really showed, like, the strength of Fred's relationship with her. Like, it really yeah. showed how much he cared Endlessly. about her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, that she relies on him as well. And, obviously, mm -hmm. then she locked herself in the bathroom. She, I'm not saying I, I, I'm a fan of. I'm not like, yay, that's amazing behavior. But I am saying I don't think she can control it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, I, I, I had to look at it this way. I was like, okay, this is a person who, like, I have to approach... Because the thing is, when I watch the show, all the characters, I pretty much am like, oh, these are my friends. These are my, like, people that I enjoy spending time with. Like, I, I like, relate to them. I look to them. I think about them, you know, blah, blah, blah. Even when Jenny Lee annoys me, like, I still feel kind of like a, you know, kind of like a camaraderie with her in a way because, you know, it's like we're all going through this together kind of a thing. But with Sister Monica Joan, I really had to stop and I just thought like, okay, like, let me think of her the way I would think of a client where, you know, they're dealing with, you know, like, I have to look at her differently because I just, I can't like, like, and the th just, and also I will say this, there is something at least positive about talking about the unpleasant and inconvenient and really difficult aspects of a person who's aging because, Usually people who are aging, especially in shows and TV and all that kind of stuff, are portrayed as like so wise and so like with it and they figured it all out and they're just accepting it and like growing old is natural and like, oh, well, I'm an old person now and like I'm just so, you know, whatever. And she's the exact opposite of that. And I actually think that aging is really painful and complicated for a lot of people and they fight tooth and nail to not do it. And that's what she's showing. So I tried well, to think of it that way to like tell then myself. There's, there's glimmers aren't there when she all like she's not with it and then all of a sudden she just comes out with like a pearl of wisdom or so someone's weight of birth or whatever but my I, I, it's I, all I, the I, same to me i don't like I, I hope my mum doesn't listen to this because i'm about to say something awful about her. sorry mom. um but the older she gets the more 
just immature and annoying. She's getting like she's just so unreasonable. <laughs> you're just like <laughs> you're like a toddler. Like honestly, I swear, my five year old is more mature than her sometimes, and I'm just like, oh. So I kind of get it, <laughs> and she hasn't got a diagnosis of anything. She's just annoying. Well, anyway, uh... <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's not because she has dementia or anything. She just this is just her personality. Like, yeah. anyways, yeah. and that's okay, and that's okay. And you know what? She's done a lot of good work before, so okay. Anyways, but so anyway, so they're gonna do they're doing a TV screen, and we'll talk about that a bit more in a minute of how it actually happened. But Sister Monica Joan is trying to get out of it, and um, she puts a chair against the bathroom door, and uh, Jane is trying to get in and can't. So Jane genuinely thinks that she's, uh, you know, trapped in there. Right. So yeah. she sends Fred, who's very scared of going up high, up, up ladders and stuff, up a ladder. And Jane was lols. Jane's like, normally, ordinarily, I'd be sympathetic, Fred, but today I'm not. You need to get up there. <laughs> so <laughs> she's oh, like, I, just love Jane. I love Jane. She's just she's oh, a I rock just star. Her. She Rock she's just star. best. So anyway, she uh, she made him go in, and then she was the other side of the door, and um and basically she sees that she just had a chair there because Fred obviously moved it, and then Fred's uh, Fred's like, look, I'll totally uh, go uh, to the, the actual TV screening with you. I'll be by your side all the time, and then uh, and then she's like, Fred, my rock and my fortress. Like uh, I just thought it was a really lovely scene. It was, it was, it was. And Fred is an A plus, 100% A plus man. Oh, I love him. So Sister Bernadette, so she, um, I mean, surely she would have had an x-ray anyway, because they all seem to be being screened for it. But she is, she has the x-ray to encourage a little girl who's scared to to have her x-ray yeah. done. Well, and I then... think we talk about how it actually happened, why the TV van was there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So last week, obviously, there was the there was the in episode five, there was a sexual frisson, so a sexual tension with <laughs> uh, with them two, him like doing Jeffrey Dahmer kissing around when it was cut. And uh, stop saying that. <laughs> so then they did that, but then this week they were the, they were a bit like what's the word awkward around each other, weren't they? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, Sister Julianne had to go away to, to the mother house or something, so Sister Bernadette had to stand in for her. And he was yeah. having Dr. Turner being like the health board to try and get a TV screen in, um, in Poplar because obviously they'd had a few cases because there was that uh, mum at the start who was coughing up blood. It was a lovely scene. Mm. Anyway, um, so they had to go together and they were both sat really awkwardly together. But then they actually went into the meeting and they were both really passionate and you could see she was like loving him, being very <laughs> passionate. And she was really passionate about it as well. And it's like, one one family worker goes to home and there's a 10 people living there and then they go to the, <laughs> like 20 people on the line all get it and that's a conservative estimate and he was looking at her with passion in his eyes oh i loved it so much <laughs> are you laughing at my lovely accent i can't get over it i can't get over it it's well anyway so they then basically like this would together. this would be a scene where like in a different show if they were different people that like after they got the x-ray van they would like go out and be like oh oh my goodness and everything and then give each other a hug and then like pull away and then just start passionately kissing and like they'd go in a bedroom or something like well, that you know what I mean like common scene when talk about tv you're right <laughs> no but it's the it's obviously no, it is, yeah. it's the win it's the exhilaration that the fact that they like united over a cause they both care about and then they won this van and they 
you know, did the job and everything like that. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, so then, yes, Bex, you're right. She did. She got the uh, the little girl to go in. She was like, oh, I'll do it first. That's what you need to do for my daughter. She'd be there kicking up a fuss. So, uh, so she went mm-hmm. in and then the little girl went in. Bob's your uncle. Everything's good. It goes really, really well. Can I just say, lol's an amazing work by Sister Evangelina. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody had a formal line. It's like, oh my gosh, pull it together. Well, Sister Monica Joan actually said she was somewhat reminiscent of a foghorn and she could not be more right. Like, she, she was, she right was amazing, that. though. I love the bit where line. she was like, I was born for this. <laughs> she nearly <laughs> was, though. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it so was. then Dr. Turner, so obviously it's all finished and they're all celebrating like what an amazing achievement. We've had so many people there today. This is a big achievement. It's really good for health and safety of, uh, of Poplar, you know, really proud of themselves, which they should have been. Like that was amazing because also um, Trixie and um, Cynthia. Cynthia did a leafleting campaign getting everyone to do it. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it was just a big triumph all around. Well done team. Um, but you know but- well, you know, when uh, Dr. Turner, basically, his colleague who's working on the van alerts him to the fact that Sister Bernadette, Bernadette has got um, lesions on her lungs. Mm. Um, and he asks to speak to Sister Bernadette alone. Do you think Sister Julianne suspects? suspects that My got- mom said this. My mom suspects. said this when we were when we were watching the episode. Hang on, hang on. Suspects what? Well, the, there's... Because at the minute, Sister Bernadette yeah. has said to... Um, Sister Julia, like Sister Julianne knows that she's struggling with her faith. Mm-hmm. All that Sister Bernadette has said to her is that she like she doesn't know what she's feeling. Mm. But when I just sensed that when he said he wanted to speak to Sister Bernadette alone, I thought Sister Julianne was suspicious. She was a bit like, well, yeah, you can, but what do you want to talk to her about? Yeah, I didn't. I thought she was completely oblivious. I thought we were supposed to think that he was coming here to sit. Because when I first watched it, I was like, oh my God, he's going to tell me he loves her. <laughs> and I was all dead excited. And then obviously it was like, yeah, you've got TB. I was like, oh, <laughs> but it's the exact opposite of what I thought was going to happen. Oh, see, I th- I thought I thought it was going to be the the TB because of the way I the, knew, it. yeah, the because TB. of the the, the well, scene with the X-ray. Cleverer than me. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, historically we always are, Alex. But anyways, um, <laughs> your mum thought the same, Jen. But my mom, because I said something about like, oh, you know, I said something like, oh, he's going to tell her, you know, something like that. And my mom was like, wait a minute. And then and then we had a little discussion of like, what do we think that he's going to tell her? And I was like, well, it, it's it's the bad diagnosis. Like, that's that's kind of, you know, where it's going or whatever. Because, I mean, I, despite the fact that they definitely have that, um, you know, to borrow your word, a free soul. Like, I don't I don't <laughs> think that either one of them would make that this like a bold, bold move at yeah, the end, in, when they're in these stages of life. Like I like when we see how it goes later on, like that makes a lot more sense. But I just don't think Dr. Turner would say anything while she was I think oh, he would just think that oh, was the height of disrespect of her, you know, in position. Oh Becky's thing, because I'm like, I didn't notice at all, but Sister Julian is so socially wise. Like mm-hmm. she's so wise in all all situations. So Bex, I think you might have a point because she probably realizes stuff before other people because she's so in tune with people. Like I do mm-hmm. think also, she's very clever. Also, when um Dr. Turner asks Sister Bennett, because he has to examine her, which must just be the most awkward <laughs> situation for a nun as well, not just like like if you just had a crush on anyone and they had to examine you. Um, but on, he I've says got a story it... on that. My friend, um, he had to go and get um, 
a doctor had to put a finger up his bum and she was really good looking <laughs> and uh, he was like it was the worst day of my life because I really found <laughs> and he was like he really was like thinking oh I might ask her out and then she had to put a finger up his bum and he was like I'm never ever ever going back to that doctor's ever again anyway sorry carry on I'm not even gonna make a joke about that because we, yeah, we don't have enough time to like unpack that <laughs> thing but when he exa- he's, he asked Sister Bernadette, like, have you um, had any symptoms? And she was like, maybe a bit of breathlessness. I was like, maybe she's not had a crush on Dr. Turner all this time. Maybe she's misread <laughs> the fluttering she's been feeling. And maybe it was tuberculosis the whole time. Maybe. Can I just also say for Sister Bernadette, how good, you know, she was, I know Sister Julianne's amazing and kind and lovely and all that. But... Mm-hmm. Um, Miss Sister Julianne uh, was gone and Sister Bernadette was like, you know, covering for it. And she was the one handing out all the jobs and stuff. And she was like saying to Jenny, she was so encouraging and lovely. She was like, you've done so well. You're doing, you're really good on that. So I'll give this one to you because you're so good. You're doing, you're doing fantastic. And then mm. she was like, Cynthia, she was like, oh, like, I don't know, this, this household, the pet mouse is eating the things so you need to carry that. I was just like, oh, you are ace at this. You should do this more often, Sister Bernadette. I, mm-hmm. I would have, I would have done it. I'd have done a round for her doing like, you know diabetes checks or something she's great she's great yeah I will say I think just to go back to the the examination and everything and Bex oh my god that's so funny like thinking you have a crush on a guy but just finding out you have a disease like that is really (laughs) like really making me laugh like so hard right now just thinking that like I just oh that would be so funny like anyway um but the thing that I thought was really interesting you know kind of the tension that we were talking about was like oh I have to talk to her in private also, I felt like was really there when he said the thing about I have to examine her. Now, Sister Julian was standing there for the examination, I think, for everyone's, you know, care and modesty and whatever else. But I thought that is actually a really interesting scene to play. And like how they kind of did it was really interesting to me because they obviously have the the tension of like, oh, he's going to like touch her and, you know, all that kind of thing like that. But then at the same time, she is genuinely concerned about her health and he's genuinely trying to figure out if there's something wrong and Walter Hill care because he obviously cares about her yeah so he'll be caring about that as well like it'll be another dad it won't just be another patient to him it'll be you know he obviously fancies her and you know yeah so it's like there, there's a lot of stuff happening in that scene and I thought they both kind of did a great job of portraying that also I have to say I wrote this out of my notes um Crackles on both sides is just the most hilarious sign delivered in the most serious way by Dr. Turner there. But also, have you guys noticed that Dr. Turner is a very, like, cock-the-head actor? Like, he, like his character is very, like, whenever he has to do anything with, like, quote, feeling, he's always just, like, turns his head to the left. He's like, really? Or, like, oh, it's bad. You know, like, he's just, like, I just... Except I for Timothy, when doing. Timothy's like, I'm hungry, Dad. Uh, you know, I've not, nothing to wear, nothing's been washed. He's just like, whatever, Tim. <laughs> he's like well good luck figure it out but then like someone comes up to him with like a broken finger he's like oh and he like turns his head to the side and he like all of his like, face wrinkles like also, you know go out yeah. and knew all about mr masterson straight away he was like yes when he had his heart attack two years ago um you know yeah. like you obviously again the only doctor in poplar knows everyone <laughs> and um, also we need to don't we need to sound the horlicks klaxon because don't they have a celebratory Horlicks after the success of the TB drive. Yes, they do. They TB do. Drive. I wrote, I wrote Horlicks Claxon in, in my notes. Yep. What's mm-hmm. a celebration? Uh, right. Oh, and Come also on. one last thing. So we had gotten a comment from one of our listeners, which we're going to do an expanded 
thing about this um, based on their suggestion, but because uh, the listener is American and I am also one as well, I wanted to highlight this point because she asked if we would explain British terms that don't make sense outside of Britain or that you don't know what the equivalent would be outside of Britain if you haven't grown up there. And so I thought of another one earlier, but we'll have to revisit it later on. But one that I did want to highlight is um, Sister Evangelina makes a big deal about forming a queue. And I did not know what a queue was until I moved to the UK. And it's, um, no, no one uses the word queue for except for you guys. It's not a term. It's not a term. It literally does not exist. And maybe in like a, you know, a country that follows British whatever, but no, no, no. In America, we don't use the word queue. So when you, when you form a queue, you form a line. So line up. No, we never say it. Never. We always form a line, get into a line, line up. You know, like that, stand in a line. That's what we say. We don't say. Cue, oh, Jen, say. you need to. We, we've got so many things to do on an episode of this. Then, That'd yeah, be yeah. yeah. Are there, I, I already thought of another one earlier, but then we were talking, and I forgot, and I didn't write it down. But I wrote down line and cue, so I would come back to it. But there's literally thousands of these, and it's been a big feature of our our friendship for like over twenty years. So believe me, we will dig in, and it will be very funny. Right, well, Jen, lady, when when the someone. when the Queen died, Jen, we had did you, did they cover the queue in America? Yes, but again, they would say like, oh, like the lines were stretched around the blocks, like it was like a 36 hour line or whatever like that. Like British people would say queuing if we were if they were on American TV, but we would never queue on on Twitter. (laughs) We had the queue, then we had the queue for the queue. Um, My brother is a police officer, so he had to go up to London. So uh, all I had to say to people was he's policing the queue. Yeah. And by the way, um, for everyone who doesn't know, because this word is so wild and weird, it's spelled Q-U-E-U-E, which is just, I mean. Well, it's English, Jen. Like my brain is gone. Proper there, English. <laughs> right, don't, on that don't. point, okay. it's time to queue up for the queue. Woo. <laughs> it's time to queue up for Heroes and Zeros of the Week. Right. Who's going first? Well, obviously not me because I get blasted every single no, week. You can go. You, I've, I've, take, I've done it loads now. So you go first. <laughs> you go first. Then. Um, okay. Okay. I'll do my zero. Um, oh, you know what? Here's my zero. It's a little bit niche. We didn't already cover it. The guys who were on the health board that Dr. Turner and Sister Burnett had to talk to that were like, oh, do you really need an x-ray van? You know, we're getting them out. Like, can't you just be patient? Why do you have to wait? Like, listen, everybody needs one. Why are you so special? And then Dr. Turner was like, oh, what, when are you going to send, where are you going to send the vans to? Chelsea, Mayfair. Oh, oh, uh, uh." and I just thought, thank God that Dr. Turner put those men in their place and he gave them what for and that they actually listened. But those posh, men who were just so rude and just so snobbish and like absolutely did not understand the difference that well, they're still in charge now jen yeah right. i know hero. <laughs> but anyways they sucked okay so um my hero is the reconciliation between um julia and her father because mm-hmm. just i mean you i say it all the time but like just love wins out and a father-daughter relationship is just, it's, it, it has a special place in my heart. Like, I just love the way they did it. It was so beautiful. I, oh my gosh, like. Okay, my hero of the week is also Mr. Masterson. Mm. But the, just the fact that he was so accepting of Julia when she came back and she was pregnant. And also that he was so intuitive that he had realized that she was expecting. 
like she when she told him he already knew so um I just loved I mean I just loved everything about this episode and then my zero is the typing pool (laughs) as somebody who loves to chat and gossip at work that is just yeah I just couldn't Mm-hmm. Looks awful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my hero this week is Fred for conquering his fears to go and help Sister Monica Joan. And also, he's just lovely, isn't he? He's just so lovely. Yeah, like, lovely. she's not yes. easy. She's not easy, but he's just gorgeous. Mm. So that's my hero. My zero of the week is TB, ladies. Like, I can't believe <laughs> TB has got this far without being a hit zero. Um, but yeah. Mine was TB related. Yeah, well. Uh, but that. <laughs> Well, the fact that I really, really appreciated the way they showed how it affected lives from ages ago, and, and it's still affecting lives. And now, apparently, it's back in London. So, you know, that's something to look forward to, listeners. Um, sure. But, sure. yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, that's our Heroes and Zeros. Mm-hmm. Oh, and just to say, as another quick note, my mom watched this episode with me, obviously, and she has told me many stories about women who had to conceal pregnancies um, when she was working as a young woman, like, I, I don't think she worked exactly in a typing pool, but she did a lot of like being an assistant or, you know, being a secretary, working on like switchboards, things like that in her very, very early career. And this kind of story, she has a bunch of them and it's so real, so accurate. And just thank God that we've moved on from like that way of Ugh, life. It's horrible. It's so, so just, oh my God. Yeah. So- Some things have gotten better. Thank goodness. Next week, we are covering Series 2, Episode 7. So if you want to watch that before coming to listen with us, that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you basically know what we're going on about. So we've had yeah. so much feedback and so many more followers and listeners, and we honestly appreciate it so much. Just send your feedback. Yes. We've got loads of lovely ideas. We're going to do them. Any mm-hmm. questions you've got for us, that would be amazing. We'd just like to say thank you so much, and thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Our listeners, thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.